Steel fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. Where would you rather be, Steelers fans? Nowhere else. You'd rather be here. And with me as always, except when he's not, is my big brother, Rich. Rich, how's it going tonight? Let's just take a moment and breathe in that sweet smell of another Steeler victory. Yes. And you know what? I don't know about you, but week three did something for me. One, I felt better about the Steelers' win because I felt they just overall played better. I'm not saying they played phenomenal or they played great in every aspect of the game, but I felt that they played better than the previous two weeks. But the other thing it did to me is like, man – Watching, watching, I hate to admit it, but watching the Browns do what they did makes that Steelers win in week two a little bit more sweet. I, I was going to say, <laughs> on, on top of what I saw from the Steelers, yeah, it's actually then back to watching the Browns, and I was just like, okay, this Brown team, yeah, there was questions in week one. Was it the weather? Was it, yeah, was Cincinnati just playing god awful which mm-hmm. they kind of are but you know you had questions about cleveland now it's like okay that wins looking even a little better now because i mean it's not like tennessee is phenomenal either but that was that was more of a dominating win yeah. you know and and I, i'm gonna throw something out there because all this comes in context everybody it does when the steelers win the steelers and the tampa bay buccaneers are in a certain category when it comes to the first three weeks of the 2023 NFL season. Do you know what category the Steelers and the Buccaneers are in? They uh, are Mayfield sucks. No, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> they are the only, I have to, I have to specifically say this. They are the only two and one teams whose only loss is to a team that's undefeated. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So, because, you know, sometimes, yeah, the the Steelers were not on the same level as the 49ers. Okay. They weren't, especially in week one. Um, They managed, Steelers managed to find a way to win in week two against an opponent that's now looking like a more quality opponent. I don't want to see the Browns look good. I'm sorry, people. I don't, because the Steelers still have to play them later on in the season. I don't want to see any AFC North team look good. If you listen to uh, Jeff Hartman and Rob Stats Guerrera on their NFL show on the NFL um, FS- FFSN channel, hey, check, there's some good just general stuff there. Um that that you might want to want to check. I subscribe to that channel because I there, there's good stuff there. But I really like Jeff and Rob's show. And one of the things that that uh, Rob says about because being a 49ers guy, he's like he doesn't want to see anyone else in the division looking good. He wants to see them all look terrible because it just makes your path easier. He's exactly right. I don't want to see any of those teams look good. And so it was really nice to see you know that future purple team lose one at home in conference. That makes a bit of a difference because that is why through three weeks, I'm not saying this is, I expect this to stay this way all season or anything, but three. And Dave is gone, but hopefully he will come back. I'm going to go ahead and pick up and finish what he's saying. Uh, I know where he was going with this. He was, you know, not going to see everything stay the same. Um Oh, there he came really? back. Oh, my goodness. What do you know? That little mouse thing uh, does some crazy stuff sometimes. <laughs> so um, through three weeks, what was I saying? I don't know what you said because I was you, gone. I, I, I was just, just about to finish your thought, actually. I was that, lead that, back into it. And yeah, that the Steelers are at the top of the AFC North. It's Correct. good stuff. And and look, you don't expect it to necessarily say but But really what it does show is that right now you've got You've got, you know, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, all two and one. The division's going to be tough. You know it is. Those division games are really going to mean something. The Steelers have played one. They have a win. Would like to see the Steelers continue to win in division so that they can keep all those tiebreakers rolling. Yeah. Like I said, that week one loss, the 49ers, the only downside of that being the quote unquote perfect game to lose was that it was at home. Yep. Because you should have 
it what's the what's the general rule that that you kind of want to do win your home games split your road games boom you're generally i mean in a regular season that's 12 and 4 meaning regular season when it was 16 games now right. it, on average it's 12 and 4 because sometimes it's 8 and 9 versus 9 and 8 versus with home versus away so that was a, a really good formula that that they used to use before they went to 17 games so that that's the only thing other than that you know that that loss the most painful thing about that 49ers loss was how it went down that was painful but now the Steelers are in a situation where they they faced the Las Vegas Raiders and that in their back-to-back primetime games but their last game in September and the Steelers did something for only the second time they've done in the last six years and that is they stacked wins in September the only other season since 2018 that the Steelers did that was in the was in 2020 when they had the the crazy start to the season that eventually fell apart. So that that's something that they've struggled with. It, it's kind of been oh recent years, Coach Tomlin. Yeah, he gets them ready for Week One, but September they really can't get going. And a lot of times the Steelers having to dig themselves out of a hole. They aren't digging themselves out of a hole right now, which is really nice but they're still also not where they need to be, not where they need to be. So, Rich, we could we could dive into news. There's not really much news. Coach Tomlin talked today, said the whole mojo thing was just something that he threw at the media to make him, to give him something to write about, and that's not really what, you know, he doesn't buy into those things. I thought that was funny. But uh, other than that, injuries look pretty good. Big press ended up getting listed with the hamstring, but – Coach Tomlin said none of the guys he listed. It was it was Presley Harvin, it was James Daniel with a groin, and it was um, Allen Robinson with an ankle. That none of them he expects to miss the game Sunday. So there's really not much news there. That's let's good. dive into this one. Yeah, that yeah. Let's 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 dive in and just talk about this game. So I haven't talked to you since you know, the game. Even before we don't. talk game, you were talking yeah about the Steelers stacking wins. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I do have to say, let's let's just take a moment and and break out the crystal ball and look into okay. it. Okay. Okay. Let's let's suppose the steel. Okay, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but let's suppose the Steelers could stack a third win here uh, this upcoming weekend, so that they would start. The first, as, as we tend to break the season, of course, it doesn't break into perfect quarters now, but nope. take that first, first quarter, quarter is five games because of where the bye week falls. Where, yeah, yeah that's in my, that's the way right. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can kind of look at it that way. But, but let's say if you just said after the first four games, Steelers could be three and one, would you take it? Yeah. Yeah. I think there were a lot of people that said, yeah, yeah that would actually be a pretty good start. So the Steelers have a chance this upcoming week to get off to what most people would say is a really good start. The interesting part if the Steelers do that is that I don't think they're any close to hitting their stride and playing their best football yet. You are correct, but let's talk about some now things. Now let's back up and look. Yeah, let's talk about some things that I thought really went in the right direction. Okay. I did an article today for steelcurtainnetwork.com. Make sure you're checking that all out that, that for your editorial needs. Here's, here's what my article was. I know we got off on this a little bit last week because last week I said I, I can't just report the PFF scores. They were so bad and so off I couldn't do it. I kind of like not just reporting the scores. I did it more as a commentary. I broke it down to offense, described what was going on, what I thought were good, what I thought was bad. Um I, I, at the end, gave my grade of what I thought PFF scores were for the Steelers this week. That's kind of how, how I did it this week. Um, some people like that. Go in, check it out. Let me know what you think, and if that's the way I should keep doing it. But the number one player for the Steelers' offense was actually who I expected it to be with their number one score. And that was Isaac Samalu. I thought, I even tweeted during the game, Boy, it's nice seeing him five to seven yards down the field blocking someone on a run play. I thought 
he had a complete turnaround after the first two games in this one. I'm not seeing the perfect. I thought he was better, and therefore I thought the people around him, Mason Cole still struggling a little bit in pass protection, but I thought the people around him were better. Did did you notice the, the kind of, what I want to say, the different, the different philosophy and blocking for the for the run game this week. Yeah, that they went more. I guess that would be more of what what is that? What Coach KT Smith talks about when he talks about duo rather than yeah. the outside zone. Yes. Yeah. It is. So uh, they never because he term. calls it duo yeah. because basically you mm-hmm. you set up double team blocks and then break off the double team to climb to the next level. Yeah, so and there was a lot of that going on, and let me tell you what, mm-hmm. Sayamalu looked really good at that. Yeah. Yep, um, yeah, he did. I, I thought he had a nice game. I thought the line was improved, and I can't remember if it was on this show or on the preview that I said the Steelers have a lot of things to improve. I think if the line improved, it would help the other things improve, and, and I think that that did. So that was the first thing I wanted to do. I wanted to give props there. Some people were like, oh, but the tackles. The tackles, I thought in this game, and it's funny that what I was thinking in the way the PFS score showed up this week were actually in line. I thought the, I thought the tackles were average. I thought they did average. They didn't do anything that blew me away, but yet they didn't do anything that I thought was terrible. And – you know, some Steelers looked all right with just average tackle play. I've talked about this in the past on Stat Geek. You do realize having great tackles is not the Steelers' MO. They have no, never had an all pro offensive tackle. Yeah, they have been known for their guards and center. Guards and center. That's where yep. that that is what has been how it's always been with Pittsburgh. So that's why they don't address tackle high in the draft until they finally did that this year. First time in what it was 26 years or something like that since they since they had taken a tackle in the first round. That's just kind of how they've been. And they they can get by with that. I I don't want them to get by. I want their tackles to get better. But I felt that their tackles were better than they were the first two weeks. But yet they were, I mean, if if average is a step along the way, then I'll take it for what it was, knowing that it's going to be better moving forward. So I think it started with the line, but man, I saw a difference in Kenny Pickett, and you didn't see it in the first drive. You saw happy feet, antsy in the pocket, ready to break the pocket, broke the pocket when he didn't need to, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, did then, you see the, what did they do to fix that? Did you notice? They rolled him out of the pocket. So. They rolled, yes, they, they rolled out of the pocket. Before they even did that, he stood tall in the pocket. Jalen Warren had a fantastic pl- bits, blitz pickup in pass protection, although PFF called it a fail. And they hit Calvin Austin for the 72-yard touch. If he doesn't stay in the pocket there and stay calm in the pocket, that play doesn't happen. Yeah. That that play, even though I'm like, oh, it's a splash play, you know, just like the week before, you're like, you don't have a lot of confidence in the offense when the only way that they scored was on a splash play, the, when, the Pickens play. But that one I felt better because I felt what Kenny Pickett did there was something he could really grow on and say, hey, you stood in, you stood tall, you even took a shot. But look at what happened when you stayed in the pocket and waited and, and waited for him to get to where he needed to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. What else do you want to say about one Kenneth Shane Pickett? Um, I would say this. What I feel I saw was improved play. Yeah. There is still work to do and make improvement because it was far from perfect yeah. play. Actually, I'd say it was even far from really good play. Yeah. But it was better play than we'd seen the first two weeks. Yeah. I And I will say this. I loved seeing the, the bootlegs and the rolling and the moving pockets and you know, so some roll, some design rollouts and things like, like, I think we don't have to, the Steelers don't need to do a ton of it. 
just doing a few plays a game will a help Kenny Pickett because he likes he likes to move, believe it or not. You know, I think he throws a very good ball on the move. Mm-hmm. Not all quarterbacks do. Kenny Pickett does. Um, the other thing I think it does is then potentially changes the thought of the pass rush of the opponent. Yeah. So you can't you, know. you can't just think I got to rush to the spot. Yes. Exactly. So exactly. So. There were the three main things when it came to the offense that I wanted to see that I'm like, really need to improve. Kenny Pickett with his staying in the pocket and improved accuracy. So we'll just say Kenny Pickett. That was one thing there. I wanted to see improved play from the offensive line. And I wanted to see improved play from an offensive scheme standpoint. Now, I didn't get perfection from any of those three, but I got improvement. There were still things that were driving me nuts with the whole idea of the off, uh, of the offensive scheme. So we're going to talk about that for a minute because Coach Tomlin was asked something today at his press conference, and his answer I thought was interesting. I felt for the last two weeks, Coach Tomlin has kind of you know blamed Canada <laughs> without saying the name. He the week yeah. before he talked about we have to be better you know, coaching wise. And he was saying that every time he was talking about offense, he, he talked this time of complimentary of saying, Hey, we were, we were better prepared. And that, and that plan was better orchestrated to the players this week. They were more, they had them more prepared this week. So, you know, to me saying that was a step in the right direction, but the one thing he said today was he was asked about, Hey, you know, the, the Raiders came out with some five-man front looks on defense, and you all ran the ball. Is Kenny Pickett able to check out of those if that's the case? And Coach Tomlin, I had to go back and read the transcript again. He didn't exactly answer the question that said, yes, Kenny definitely can. His answer was, when we see five five players that play the defensive front coming into the game, we shouldn't be calling a run play. So Coach Tomlin was putting that on, hey, don't don't just ne- don't necessarily blame the quarterback for not che- for checking out of it. We saw what personnel they were putting out there in response to our personnel, but we should run something different out of that personnel. Love that statement. Love that statement because too many times the Steelers get caught up that in this per, in this certain personnel they're going to do this. One, I know I'm going off a little bit, but one thing I kept tweeting about and or, and putting in the in the comments of the um, of the open thread at SteelCurrentNetwork.com was I was frustrated that the Steelers would line up with the quarterback under center, <laughs> run the jet motion. Yep. The the corners and safeties would come. I mean, especially Mark Peters at corner. Anytime they motioned away from him, that jet motion, he was flying up and just keying on Najee Harris in the backfield because it was Najee that was in there at the time. They knew they were going to run it, and they didn't respect it. They didn't respect the Steelers doing anything else. But if you still continue to run it, come on. You've got to, you've got, and I know sometimes people complain about the Steelers running out of shotgun. You know what? I don't have problems running out of shotgun because so many times out of shotgun, you're passing. And if you're running wisely, if you're running vertically out of shotgun, I get frustrated when it's out of shotgun, you're handed off and he's running for the sidelines. So that's why they were running these plays they were that looked so successful is because the Steelers were taking formations and things that they typically pass out of and were running the ball. And what do you know? The the, the touchdown to Fairmouth. Do you remember how they lined up for that one? I don't know. I just remember that it was a rollout to the left. It was a play action pass from under center. Yes, because – yeah, because it was funny because that I think was the only pass they threw from under center. Um, I don't know if it was the or was only there one. a second one? There might have been one. There also might have been. I'm trying to remember if maybe one of them was Kenny Scram. I can't remember, but you've got to do that. You can't just let 
the other team tee off. So those I, I felt that those were actually quote unquote second half adjustments. That's like, hey, let's line up like we're going to pass it and run it. Hey, let's line up like we're going to run it and pass it. What do you Look, know? I, it actually I liked, works. I liked the touchdown play to fire move. Because oh, yeah. Only, I loved it. Because first of all, you know, the Steelers kind of caught him off guard with that. Fire move. I mean, I won't say wide open for the touchdown, but that was a pretty easy touchdown. Well, but not see, and the thing is, Kenny had three options there. They had three options all going to the side. He yes. had the he had Allen Robinson, who was basically running, just running the the I would call it an out. I mean, it it, it he was running at the line of scrimmage towards the sideline. Okay. Yes. We when when I was coaching, that was our zero pattern. That's what we called it. When you were running, you were running towards the sideline, basically at the line of scrimmage or just beyond the line of scrimmage. Then you had someone else that I can't remember who it was that was running the intermediate route that was about five to seven yards deeper. And then you had Frermuth heading to the corner of the end zone. And they were all open. Yes, I was honestly, when I saw that, I thought for sure he was throwing it to Robinson. And he held on to it for for an act, because I honestly, I thought he was going to throw it to Robinson, and then I thought he he waited too long to hit him at the best time. But it's because he was throwing it to Fairworth. And I was just like, boom, boom. And I I don't know, I, I still go on. I love... The the play and sometimes you've got to run. Some people talk about oh I hate the jet sweeps oh I hate the end rounds. Sometimes you got to run them in order to run something else. And that fake end around to Calvin Austin to run the screen back to Jalen Warren, loved it, loved it. Yes, but they executed it because what do we love more than anything when they execute these plays, and when they don't work we hate them. That's how we are because what are we? Fat, sassy, and spoiled, whatever it is that it was. Um, yeah. So what what did you think of the overall scheme when it offensively in this game? Um better. Yeah. Still wish we were a little better on the first two drives of the game. Heart hate going three and out, three and out. Yeah. And I guess technically the third one was three and out, but you know. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's funny. I had to, someone said touchdown. I had to say something. That was the Steelers' first first down in the yes. first quarter this year. Someone's like, yes. Well, technically it wasn't. I'm like, no, technically it is a touchdown. That's right. A touchdown is a first, first down. down because That's think about it, you went past the line to gain. Just the fact that you were even better and got in, into the end zone doesn't take that away. So the Steelers had two first downs in the first quarter because they had another one on their next drive. So I I just felt that while sometimes it felt like the Steelers were running their just running their head into the brick wall, lining up like they're going to run it and still running it, you know, some people didn't like the didn't like the 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 handoff to Connor Hayward on third on third down to start the game. You know why they didn't like it? Because it didn't work. Yeah. Do you want to know why it didn't work? Because they knew it was coming. James Daniels got ghosted. He didn't block anybody. His guy came right around and blew the play. Uh, look, he made a really good play. Saw, as soon as I saw Connor Hayward come in and where mm-hmm. he set, set up, I turned and said to Kyle, they're handing it to Hayward. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I don't mind him handing it to Hayward. I think he could, I think he could get him that one. I mean, I understand that maybe early in the game you might not want to run on the third play of the game your your uh your quarterback sneak if you don't have to because some people are like well why not guys are more amped up guys got more energy in the very very beginning of the game you get in there you twist up with something with your quarterback and that could set you up off the rest of the game if you think you have something else that works do it if not then you got to do what you got to do so the fact some people are like, well, they should have just run the sneak. Well, I am I, I I'm not saying they shouldn't have, but I could see the reasoning behind not doing it. Exactly like the Raiders' choice to kick the field goal 
<laughs> with two and a half minutes left. I don't agree with it. I I see how you could outthink yourself with it, but it was still the wrong decision. They they lined up to kick the first one. Steelers yep. have the penalty. They yep. get the first down. So then they're like, okay, we're rolling. Run a couple another. Oh, what, they was taking half, off two the minutes. Clock. Two more minutes off the clock, and then still <laughs> kick the field goal. It's like, mm-hmm. what? But yeah, hey, whatever. Well, I I understand. Here's the deal: if you go for it on fourth down and you don't make it, then when you get the ball back, you have to score the touchdown and the two point conversion. But also look at where you are on the field. Everything else has to go right for you to even get back to that point. There are times that I've said to myself with a team, I'm like, wow, this team was down six points. They were in field, they were in field goal range with three minutes left and went forward on fourth down and didn't get it. Now they got the ball back. Now they still have to score a touchdown. If they had to kick the field goal back then, you know what? A field goal would actually do them pretty good right now, but now it's got to be a touchdown. That happens. But honestly, your better odds were probably – I don't think they got it on fourth down. I don't. I just had the feeling the Steelers would have stopped them. But to me, that was almost waving the white flag. Um, If it was nine points – I mean, I remember one time I got upset with Coach Tomlin back in the day. It was under two minutes. They were down nine they were, they were down nine, and I oh, will get to that in just a second. And and it was like the ball was on like the 28-yard line, and it was fourth and ten. And this had to be at least six years ago. And the Steelers went for it and didn't get it with like a minute left in the game. I'm like, either way, you were going to have to do an onside kick to have a chance to win the game. Why not kick the field goal? Yeah. And then have then do the onside kick, still need the touchdown because it was fourth right. and ten. Now, if it was fourth and four, it might have been a whole different story. Exactly. You know, so that's the thing. And as you brought up here, Brian Brown says if the Steelers kicked the field goal like that, the pitchforks and torches would be out. Fire and bench, everybody, ev- anywhere, anytime. I added that myself. Um, that's exactly right, Brian. Jeff and I talked about that on the post-game show. That would have been, I, but honestly, I think Coach Tomlin would have known better. I think you would have. I think you would have known better. Uh, I hope you would have known better because, and I don't know. Wes put in there earlier about McDaniel's um, explanation. I didn't hear his actual explanation. I saw other people quote it, so I just assumed the quotes were right. What really McDaniel was saying: in order to win, they were going to need two positions to win the game. The only question was they were trying to do it then in regulation rather than have the opportunity for overtime. But yes. even I mean, but think about that. What's tough is, hey, it's fourth down. We have to get a first down, which doesn't have to be a touchdown because it wasn't an goal, right? They still could have got a first. Couldn't they get a first down like inside the five? I'm, I might be. I'll be remembering. Yes, it was no. It was, they, they could still make a first down. That, yeah, it was like at the three or the two. Yeah, that's what I, I'm just trying. I'm picturing the line on the field in my head. You know, the yellow line. Um, that they had to they had to get the first down. They then still had to score a touchdown, and they had to be successful in the two point conversion. So I understand that is really at that moment that's really stacked against you. So didn't really want to get into that. Into that, what I really want to talk about is how the Raiders even got back in this game in the first place. But first, let's take our break. Uh, you can hear a message from. You can hear me read a message from a company that I, if I wasn't reading the message, wouldn't even bother to tell you to, to, to click on it. But. That's just me. All right, so we'll be right back after these messages. All right, we are back, Steelers fans. And for those of you that are here live, if you don't sure what I was talking about, you have to go check it out in audio form just to see what I meant. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not one for illegal offshore betting, but oh well. Um, I'd rather I do my betting legally. <laughs> Rich, I, uh, I, I, I. Love to tinker and make very small bets on on games right now in the NFL, like one dollar bets. I went bigger on the Steelers game. I went ten bucks on the money line, so that was pretty nice. Um, just because I, I believed in the Steelers for this one, um, and yet it ended up being a lot closer than it should have been. 
Um, I'm one to say that I'm not ready to call it a conspiracy, but I also sometimes understand human nature as someone who umpired slow pitch softball for, for years, when one team is blowing out another team and there's a bang, bang play, who do you generally want to give the call to the team that's behind just because you feel like they kind of need it more than, more than the other team. But this is like recreational slow pitch softball. This is this is professional top of the world NFL football. You can't be like that way as an official. And you know what? New York has no problem with it. But that that was that was pretty embarrassing. That call on Mike Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it was. Um, didn't lower his shoulder. Didn't lower a helmet. Didn't wrap up and slam the guy to the ground. Honestly, it looked like a video game. Yeah. There's Minka running. Minka kept running right through Jimmy G. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's what it ends up looking like. And whoop, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Well, and then like the two-point conversion, they called that that play on Shannon Sullivan. That's one, let's just say this. I will I would say the fourth down pass to Zay Flowers in overtime by that ugly purple team was more pass interference than that one was. I'm not saying that it, that it, that it's by, by rule. They could, they shouldn't have called that one. It just wasn't as much, especially when you could see more than one obvious holds by the offensive line. That was the, that was the bias going on. As I said to Kyle, I said, you can like I saw two holds on the offensive line. I mean, and they were right in front of the official. And mm-hmm. it's almost like he's like, Well, it looks like they've got him under pressure, they're gonna sack him, so I won't throw the flag. But we had no problem throwing the flag in the back of the end zone on the same. Well, maybe, yeah. Oh, just it was irritating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, I I'm not saying you can say, oh, well, it's that it's you know the 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 betters and the lines and everything. No, because the Steelers were underdogs. That would have had to been a really big change for everything there. I think it's more about competitive games and ratings. Um, to you know, when in doubt, when you can keep a game more competitive, keep it more competitive. You know, if I mean. I still look back and I'm like the Steelers had the ball up 23 to seven. And I thought to myself, you know, they put this in the touchdown zone. That's the same score as the 49ers game. And it didn't, that didn't happen. And then some questionable calls go there. And it, it, it was what it was, but I'm really glad something like that didn't change the outcome. I, I really am. When things like when things like that happen, you want to see your team overcome it, and I feel yes. the Steelers overcame it. And so I, I'm not going to dwell on it for that long because they overcame it. Yeah, they shouldn't have had to. Yeah, and I mean, I was actually pretty right. proud of the officiating when they waved off a couple flags early, especially that Cole Holcomb hit. Yes, but again, it's like if they wouldn't have. Wave that one off. I know what's going through Cole Holcomb's mind. You all send us tapes. You all send us this and that. Say, this is how we want you to do it. So that's how I did it. And you were still going to throw a flag on me? Yeah. So I was glad that one got picked up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was the right call. It was the right call. And that's the thing. If you're if one official thinks it it looks like one thing and you drop the flag, but the other one comes in, you can can you can talk about it and say, you know what? Nah, he, he actually hit him with clean. the shoulder. That was, that was, that was like, shoulder to mid, shoulder. That's to what should have happened with the Minka Fitzpatrick one. Somebody right. else should have been able to say, you know what? Maybe it looked to you like he. I mean, the the official threw that flag because he thought he hit him with his helmet. But he couldn't see that he hit him with his helmet from where he was standing. And it, it 
and that's where it gets frustrating. But it's a quarterback and everything else, and you know, oh, they're, never, how it's going they're, they're never going to pick one up like that on the quarterback. No. I mean, it, it it would have to be, it would have to be. Oh, I threw the flag and I wasn't even watching the play. Yep. Kind of bad before they would pick one of those up on a quarterback, or it would have to have happened to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. yeah. Because they <laughs> never threw flags for him. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's certain ones that do and certain ones that don't. I also find it interesting that I don't know if you heard this. I put it in the Slack channel that after that the next day, Josh McDaniels says that Jimmy G is in the concussion yeah, so. protocol. And my comment was Oh, was it from that? Was was it from that helmet to helmet from Micah Fitzpatrick, which didn't happen? But my question is, where you know, what if there was anything that would have that was egregious like that? He should have been you know checked out. But I do understand sometimes something can happen and you feel fine, and then later on you don't. Later on you start getting yeah. symptoms. Yes, I, I totally get from from a guy that has had his share of concussions. Mm-hmm. You do not always notice them right away. Yeah, you don't. Yep, you, yep. That and we've said before, no two concussions are the same, even for the same person. Yep. So I honestly, I want to see the Raiders come out and play well, especially when they play the rest of the AFC North. So hey, how, um, many, how many how many concussions do you think you've had in your in your me? Uh, I think I've had two. Really? Yeah. Hey. I've never, I never went to get them checked out, but I'm, I would say I, 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 let's just say there are two times in my life that I know I had a concussion. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Aren't you lucky? Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. pushing double digits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm Got serious. Uh, yeah. So if anyone wants to know what's really wrong with Big Brosco, there's the, yeah. there's the CTE answer. happened <laughs> right here. Yeah. So. so yeah. It's just it's just one of those things that whenever you I mean, were and, uh, and, how many oh, of yours were sports? Um Well, put it this way. I I was about to say I I played actual organized football for a grand total of i think it was 11 days Mm -hmm. and in that time received two concussions yeah um let's see a couple there um not in baseball one two yeah yep but see my three three or four in basketball actually Actually, it was a concussion that led me actually in a, during an intramural basketball game while I was working at William and Mary. It was a it was a concussion um, in an intramural basketball game, and that was the last organized basketball I played. Huh. Mine, my, my, my you know two. I said, you yeah. know what? I said none in baseball, but I did have one in a slow pitch softball game. <laughs> D- diving, uh. diving, catch in the outfield, mm-hmm. and ended up with a concussion. Yeah, mine were. It's funny. I played football, but mine was. I had one from flag football, <laughs> intramural flag football, and uh, and basketball taking the charge. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Let's get back to the Steelers. Okay, back to the Steelers. Because let's see, no concussions. Well, technically, Gunneros not cleared yet. We'll see how that goes. Coach Sean didn't talk about him. Do you know what? I, I think he's he's an afterthought. You, now. you ready? You ready to see my concerned face? Yes. Okay. There's my concern. There, there you go. There's a concern. Did I'll be honest with you? I was I was a little bit concerned that the Steelers decided to go with only four wide receivers in this game. I thought that was an interesting call. They went with eleven defensive backs. Didn't play Desmond King. Um. On, on defense, so technically you could say he took Gunner's spot as the kick returner, and that was what they wanted to do. But uh, yeah, only only four wide receivers. Very interesting. Um, but, when, but when you've got basically three tight ends, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so so you you technically had seven pass catchers. Plus, honestly, you got 
a couple of running backs that can split out and do things as well. Yeah. Um, there was not the Steelers were not going to be at a at a shortage of pass catchers. So it didn't and, me. Yeah. I just I'm I just there was no injuries in game so it didn't it, I mean think about it if you get two two wide receivers that get dinged up in a game which is highly possible I mean not highly likely but highly possible because of the nature of the position that they play then you really got to the, then have to start worrying about what you're going to do there but then you just run more tight ends you split out Pat Fairmuth more and Connor Hayward yep. so they 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 would have been okay so I just thought that that was interesting. But let's go ahead and, and, and shift over to talk a little bit about the defense because the Steelers had an extra defensive back um, um, active for the game. But they definitely weren't playing with an extra defensive back on the field. The biggest thing that I felt the Steelers struggle with was the thing that jumped off the page. Couldn't stop Devontae Adams. Couldn't stop Devontae Adams. Now, I'm going to ask you, Rich. Yep. There's a lot of Steelers fans that were really down on Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace actually got a pretty decent PFF grade. And I didn't think Levi Wallace was as bad as what Steelers fans were making him out to be in that game. Do you think it was more about the player or do you think it was more about the position they put the player in? So it was the position they put the player in. Um, yeah. I, I think the Steelers kind of took the philosophy of Devontae Adams is good. We, we can't stop him. We can only hope to contain him. Mm -hmm. And so they spent more of their time just trying to contain him. Now, they let him slip by, especially that first touchdown catch kind of ticked me off a bit. Um, but for the most part, they were, you know, they were just trying to limit him. And then the big thing is, well, okay, if we're going to just – let Devontae get his, but he's going to get his on our terms as much as we can dictate. But the thing we need to do then is not mm -hmm. let other guys on the team do that as well. And the biggest thing I think they did then was take away Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and that, and they, they they did that, especially when it mattered. I think I, I used 21 yards on two carries. It was 19. It was 19. But there was a couple times late on that, on their – scoring drive in the fourth quarter that when they were passing, 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 oh, snuck in a run, oh, snuck in a run. Um, but why did they do that? Because they they caught – I didn't explain this well enough in the post game. I'd have to go back and double-check the person on the field for sure. I think the Raiders – and they ran it, I think, back-to-back -back plays – caught the Steelers in a defense that was really good for them to run the ball because they were going fast and everything else. Yeah. Um but that was 19 yards out of what 62, something like that that he had. Um, now, when I, when I when it mattered early in the game when they wanted to establish the run, they weren't able to. And I think yeah. that's why sometimes when the rushing yards come is a factor because when they were trying to establish themselves as a as a primarily running team. They weren't able to do it. And we say the same thing about the Steelers when at the end of the game we look at the rushing stats. We're like, oh, look at this. Yeah, but they got some, they got a couple big runs late when the Steelers were trying to run the ball early and establish it. They couldn't do it. Same thing happened with what the Steelers did to, to the Raiders, in my opinion. G Gavin Anthony tells me we didn't really contain him. Uh, uh, no, they, yeah. We, we, you but, you hope to contain some, him, but. But in some ways they did. Okay. It was, you know, was it at times frustrating to see, oh, Dante Adams, seven yards, Dante Adams, 11 yards, Dante Adams, that, right. Mm -hmm. But we didn't let Deontay Adams go, Dante, Tyree, yes. <laughs> go Tyree Hill on us. Yeah. Or maybe from this past weekend, we should say, you know, Rasheem Mostert and uh, yeah, and uh, name name an Mostert. eligible that in my in Miami yeah probably and, and but the other big thing I'll say there in terms of containing was the he he got his we didn't let others get theirs so if you yep. look at it you know the Raiders score two touchdowns in that game they were both Devonte Adams yep we didn't let anybody else find the find the touchdown zone yeah so you know it, it but to me that's that's scoreboard dependent 
that you're saying, oh, yeah, he got all those yards, he got the two touchdowns, but he didn't kill us because we were able to win the the game. You can't say the same thing about Brandon Ayuk, who did the same thing in week one, you know? But at the same time, the Steelers weren't stopping the run in week one, and they were stopping the the run in this game. And if maybe if they weren't able to, and Adams was going crazy, you have a similar outcome as week one. But my thing is, even that, I felt that, I mean, the Steelers weren't going to switch sides, so they kept Devontae Adams on the side with Levi Wallace. Do you realize, according according, this isn't score, this is where they keep their stats. According to PFF stats, Levi Wallace gave up, yeah, I want to make sure I have it. He gave up eight receptions for 104 yards, according to PFF. But that was on 14 targets. 14 targets. The next closest was six, Patrick Peterson, when it comes to that. So they were they were specifically throwing. They were the Raiders were looking for that matchup. And I don't think the Steelers were doing enough to say if this is playing chess. They were looking for that matchup, and the Steelers weren't doing enough to say you want that matchup, we're not going to give you that matchup. Yeah. So that's what I would have liked to have seen. And, so. and I have a feeling that'll be one that Coach Tom gets the defensive coaches together and they take they took a, a look at that on some tape here and, and yeah. be like, you know, they obviously, you know, exactly what you said. They obviously wanted to target us in this certain way. Mm-hmm. And we basically just said, okay, you keep targeting us. Yeah. That way. Um, you, you you can look at Levi Wallace and say, oh, hey, you know, look at all those catches and yards and things that gave up. But I, I'm not going to say anything about the last one because that was a very different kind of play. But that first interception was nicely done. Yeah, where he just undercut it. Yep. Just, yep. And it wasn't just, and it wasn't Devontae Adams. Um, but, and the, I mean, the second one was just, he was, he went over and Caught caught a bad ball where they were yep. where they were desperate. So that was you know taking advantage of the situation. So um, oh, I got another question for you when it comes to the okay. interceptions there on the defense. So okay. what was your take on the on the Patrick Peterson? Okay, I wanted to talk about that. You know who I give a lot of credit for there. Well, a lot of people are like, oh, the credit T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt was not going full blown pass rush. And then he's like, oh, wait, let me duck under it. And he still created the pressure that created a bad throw. But who I really like to credit there, I'm really happy with DeMonte KZ. DeMonte KZ was also in a position to intercept that ball. And if he isn't aware of Patrick Peterson being able to intercept that ball, chances are they both go for it and run into each other and no one catches it. So that was a pretty heads up move that your that your teammates getting that interception. Now you, you say that. Now what I wanted to say was you were talking about TJ. For, forget TJ. Uh huh. It was actually the entire defensive line and the pass rush, mm-hmm. based on the way the pass rush and the pocket was set up. When that started to break down, Jimmy G is still inside the tackle box. Yeah, he can't just throw that ball away. No. So he had to try to throw it close enough to the field so that he didn't get called for intentional grounding. And in doing so, that allowed Patrick Peterson and KZ mm-hmm. time to get over there and and make an interception. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that was one of those things that. It was really set up, but it's not like he was rushed early in that play. He actually had more time to throw that ball than he had a lot of other times. Correct. But then he was just running out of time and he was standing in the pocket. So Right, because his Um, protection was good and it held up at first. So he's still in the pocket. So then the, the pressure came and it's like he couldn't just ditch the ball. Yeah. Here, we got $5 in the tip jar. 
Yep. From Isaac Aguilera. He said, did PFF say Crosby had a better game than TJ? They did not. I will be honest with you. TJ Watt was the highest rated defender on the Steelers and Max Crosby was the highest rated defender on the Raiders. Uh, TJ Watt's PFF overall PFF score was an 82.7 where where Crosby's was a 76.6. And no, he did not have a better pass rush score than Watt did either. So, yeah, I mean, Crosby's still pretty good. Keanu Benton had the second best PFF score, um, followed by Alanon Roberts, Patrick Peterson, Mark Robinson on four snaps, Alex Highsmith, and Levi Wallace. Those were all the scores that were over 70 on the Steelers' defense. And some people like, but Highsmith, he didn't have a lot of – of like a lot of tackles or anything. He he did get some some pressures and he was doing what he needed to do. Yeah. Okay, um, what were you gonna say? Benton, I thought, looked really good out there. Yeah. Um especially when you just have that one blow him up play. That was like what you get out of Larry Ogajobi that you did in this game. Just one of the although, just one play in the middle of the game that just is like oh my goodness, what did you just play, do? I want to know how Jimmy Garoppolo got the handoff to Josh Jacobs on that one play when Montrevis Adams basically tackled Jimmy G as he goes to hand off the ball. I mean, he was so quick up the field. They, they were trying to trap him, and he was like, nope, nope, nope. It's funny. they PFF had Adams having an average game. I thought Adams looked the best he had all season. Um I thought he stood out in a, in a good way a lot of the times. So um, that just good. Hey, the more depth you have on the defensive line, the better. Get, keep guys moving in, moving out, and all that other stuff. Um, anything else you want to say here? Because we don't have much time to move to the next one. Let's move to the next one. All right. I'll tell you one thing. This next one, and we talk about, oh, if the Steelers can go three and one, you've got to underline that if. Yes, they the Steelers got that stacking of wins in September. Now can they carry it into October? And most Steelers fans looked at this game and they're like, oh, it's oh, it's the Texans. That one's not a big deal. Do I think there's gonna be a lot of Steelers fans in Houston? I do. That's the basically if you live in the southeast of the United States, uh, that's probably the closest. I'm pretty sure is that's probably the closest game they're they're gonna have. Um they might have another one on the road that I'm trying to think. Um, no, because, I mean, maybe the Atlanta preseason game. Um, but Houston's pretty much for the Steeler fans that are down that way. Um, they sh- Houston showed that they're just not going to go quietly when they came out and kicked the Jaguars in the teeth last weekend. They're, sh- they're saying, hey, we're we're making steps in the right direction. And I'll be honest with you. I, I'm actually kind of glad they kicked the Jaguars in the teeth. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of glad they did because it kind of puts they, a little bit of, if the hey, wait a second here. Jaguars blow them out in that game. The Steelers start to maybe look at it and say, oh, the Texans, oh, yeah, we don't have to take them all that seriously. And then next thing you know, it's the Steelers that that's happened to. So I'm glad it happened to the Jaguars. So now yeah. they, the Steelers take notice and don't fall for the trap. Yeah. It's a trap. Yes. So it's – it's. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> there you go, Jeremiah. Um, so <laughs> now I'm all flustered. Let's just say if the Steelers – if. I don't like to play worst case scenario. Oh, I mean, I do, but I don't. It's it's not like it gives me pleasure. I don't even like to talk about it. But if something happens where things don't go right for the Steelers this week, it's not going to be. Oh, look at them playing an inferior opponent. This team was terrible, and they hadn't done anything all season, and the Steelers managed to lose. If look at look at it from the Texans' perspective now, if the Houston Texans can can put up back to back wins against Jacksonville and Pittsburgh, people have to pay attention. Yes. Exactly. Now it's now so. it's the Steelers' job to not let that happen. Because now, 
if the Steelers go into Houston to win that game, this isn't just some rollover game because of what happened last weekend. This yes. is more of, oh, well, Houston looked like they were putting it together. Yeah, but they still might not be where the Steelers are yet, especially defensively. That's what I'm hoping to see. Me too. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Put it together. So want to see continued improvement. Can you give me one thing before we get to the big question? Give me one thing you want to see improve the most. You could go either side of the ball or one on, or one on each if you want to coming up in this game. I would like to see the, the Steelers continue with the improvements in the run game. I like the change. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing more of the duo blocks, as, as Coach Kevin Smith calls them. Um, would like to see some more of that, continue to see that group gain confidence in their run blocking in the backs in running the ball. Uh, defensive side, um, just one word, pressure. Yeah. Yeah, get the yeah. Um, here, this is funny because a- Afton Ford says Big G says CJ is the best OSU quarterback in the NFL today. I wonder how much that matters. Um, all he has to do is be better than Mike Tomzak, and he's the best Ohio State quarterback ever in the NFL. So, but Ohio State quarterbacks have not done well in, in the NFL for some reason. So, yeah, I, I think I think this is one that that's and that's why I would I would question drafting one. But I'm glad for Houston that it worked out. I'm glad he's not a team that the Steelers play more often um, if he works out that way. But I would take him serious this this weekend. He's Coach Tomlin said it, that they've put him in good situations. He has not thrown an NFL interception. I would like that to change this weekend. To me, I that where I want to see the Steelers improve is I want to see uh, – and I'm talking about players. I'm not talking about scheme. I would like the Steelers to continue to to Im- improve with their blocking. Uh, take take the next step to where you went from offensive line was a liability to hey offensive line was fine to now I want to say offensive line is moving people. They are they are they are setting the tone. That's what I want to see. And on defense, I I want to see honestly. The Steelers have just made some phenomenal stuff on defense. But you could have 12 phenomenal plays on defense and laps on the 13th, and you're giving up seven points. I want to see more consistency with the defense. Now, it's in today's NFL, people are like, oh, man, how many times do the Steelers, you know, they, they get a team in, in third and nine and they give it up? In today's NFL, defenses aren't going to – it's rare that a defense can just go out and completely dominate a team like that. There's going to be times where, what do you know, that other team gets paid money to also try to go out there and do some stuff with the football, and they're going to find a way to get it done at times. I just want to see how much that happens reduced even more. I would just want to see. I thought the tackling improved last week. I want to. I just want to see just some more overall consistency. I don't want to see a pass defense that shuts down, shuts down, shuts down. Boom, gives up a big play. You know, stay with it. Be more consistent with it. That's me. All right, you ready, Rich? You ready to answer this? Because we're running late again this week. Okay. Yep. What's your prediction? Now, remember, for everyone else, we're going to bring up your scores in the live chat, but you got to wait for me to actually put it in the live chat that I'm ready. Um, because we're going to let Rich do his thing first. Rich, what's your prediction for Sunday, 1 p.m. when God intended NFL football to be played? All right. Uh, Steelers 26, Jaguars 19. Except they don't play the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's an so AFC I'm, South team, right? It's a, know, you want to know what's yeah. wrong? Go ahead. Actually, my issue you're, is... You're going I to the Jaguars re- game? No, I'm not. I just read where... Christopher 11 and, and said Jacksonville quarterback Lane Nagy. So I you saw yes. that, yeah. <laughs> okay, quick story. Quick story has nothing to do with football. You know what you just did? What's that? You pulled a pap. Okay? I did. Now, my grandfather, who was, a, who, was a, who was a minister, during a wedding, kept looking past the groom to see somebody else that he had done his 
wedding was the last wedding they were sitting there and kept calling the groom the wrong name. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, you, 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 you pulled a path. I, so, I, 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 so, so there you go. got to not be looking at those live chats while I'm in the midst of speaking. There we go. And then I, and I put it out there in the live chat for everyone if you're ready now. So, um, yeah, you sometimes you have a tendency to what you see with your eyes, it comes you, through rather than what you're thinking about. You know what I'm going to do now, right? What's that? When we do Staff article. I'm gonna actually write in. <laughs> Dude, no, you didn't write wire strike no. through Texans. Uh, or I could just say go all Pittsburgh on it and for for real and just write Jags. 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 All right, here we go. We got now. In case for those of you that are already in there, you're you're probably the regulars and are used to it. For those of you that aren't and maybe aren't sure, if you don't put a team, we assume you mean the Steelers. Okay, Thomas Riley, Steelers seventeen, Texans seventeen, tie. <laughs> That's four ties predicted so far. Now, thank you, Thomas, for your consistency. Hey, if he picks a tie every week, you know he he's figuring eventually one's going to come through. Well, I know what he's thinking. How else could the Steelers finish five hundred if they don't have a tie? There you go. Okay, Steel Dog 88, 26-13 Steelers. Gabriel Golden has 26-20 Steelers. Steelers Pittsburgh has 24-13 Steelers. Afton Ford has 28-24 Pittsburgh. Wes, he's he's he, he's up in it. He's got 31-10 Pittsburgh. He's got them hitting those hitting those higher higher scores. He thinks they're going to get three interceptions, make up for none that they've had so far. Uh, Frosty the Bear says Steelers 24, Houston 9. Uh, Brian Brown has 31-23 Steelers. Steelers Chick 46 has Steelers 27, Texas 21. Gavin Anthony says Steelers 27-24. Um, Dion Eaton says 28-14 Steelers. Kathy Ford has 27-17 Steelers. Kerry has 21-14 Steelers. Uh, outside Steelers fan has the good guys 30, Texans 17, that the Steelers finally get the 30 points. Kyle Smith has 27-15 Steelers. Uh, Jeremiah Yoder has 31-10 Steelers. Christopher 11 has 30-17 Steelers. Um, Cherry Richards has 30-20 Steelers. Mark Tobin has Steelers 23-10. He thinks there's also going to be three. Wait, third, did I say 23? Yeah. That's this it. is, once again, I'm looking at the screen over yep. here rather than for the next one. Yeah, uh, which the next one wasn't 23 either. Uh, 35-10, and he said three picks. Uh, BF Bud says 27-17 Steelers. Um, Pittsburgh Toddy, he's got 27-13 Steelers. Uh, Paul Sheer. Sure. Sheer. I almost put the R before the I. Sorry, Paul. Um, he has 29-18 Steelers. Mr. Woodsize got 27-16 Steelers. And I think I'm caught up right now. You are caught up. I read those. I had to read those faster this week. We're, we've been going way over with our time. We have. So, we got to try to, you know. Really we got, but we love that. talking about the last game. It's kind of what we do. You got one more we, just popped. Did we? You know what? Oh, I see it now. Wait, that was Mr. Woodsize. Oh, we got two more. We got yeah. you got Valley Ford at 2710 Steelers, but you missed the one above it. Yes. Jerry Cherry Band, 2717 Steelers. And here's another one. Ruben Stone, 3413. Good guys. So, Rich, I it's easier to feel better. I don't feel better as in like, oh, I'm 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 sure that the Steelers are going to win. Thank you for that one. Uh Justin, I'm not gonna screw that up, so I'm not gonna try. Um, 3314 Steelers. My thing is, it's not like I have more confidence that the Steelers are going to be victorious this weekend. I mean, something about me last week felt like they were going to take a step. Heading on the road, I just, going to Vegas for the first time, I didn't think the West Coast thing was going to be a thing. I predicted them to win. Um, it was just a feeling I'm, that I have. Me, it's right now, now I'll, I'll do my prediction, of course, on the preview, but my prediction right now is more about I predict them to play well. That was not something that I was even predicting last week. I thought they would find a way to win, but wasn't sure they would play well. Doesn't it just feel better that you have that, that, that you have that now after two games, getting that third game of playing well, that you feel like they could play well? Yes. It, 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 you feel things are trending the correct direction and yeah. want to see it continue trending that way. Yep. We got Trevor saying Steelers 26 to 20. 
So that that makes well, me you're feel not better. Say, you're not going to say Trevor Follinsby? Oh uh, yeah, that's that's. Um, you didn't want to say the last name? No, Follinsby. There you go. I thought it was uh, what's what's the name? Um, Plutarch Heavensby, Heavensley, whatever it is from uh, from Hunger Games. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, I, I, that's the nice feeling of a Steelers fan is that I feel like there's the potential for them if they played like they did last week. Don't no steps backwards. This team gets no steps backwards. Only stepping forward. Now, do I think a step backward will come eventually? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. But no, I'm. I'm not. Statistically, it's it should happen, but to me, it's not this week, and I'm never going to believe it's going to be that week coming up. So keep stepping forward. That's what I want to see. Uh, Tyler W. finally put his out there. Steelers going away 27-9. to Rich, what do you have to say to close us out here tonight? All right. Close us out. We're going to Texas. How's it going there, Texas? Me. <laughs> the Steelers mess with Texas. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's Texans or Oilers. The Steelers or Jaguars mess <laughs> with Texas or Jaguars. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I've got me all flustered. You're fucking fired. I can help it. You're fired. Sunday, Steelers, Texans, victory for the Steelers. Can't wait. Wait.